Hey guys, brand new podcast. Uh, real quick, let's run through some tour dates. Of course, my calendar's not open. God dang it! I, it's Mercury's in retrograde, is what my wife's saying. Um, till tomorrow. Till tomorrow, it gets out of retrograde on the twenty second. No, twenty second. That's Thursday. Today's Wednesday. Twenty second. Uh, Cowhead. I'm in Cowhead in Tampa. Mother of God. This is why I've done this read a million times. I feel like I'm buzzed and I don't sound normal. Do I? I don't? Do I sound drunk for real? Oh. Uh, October 23rd, September 23rd, I am in Tampa. September 23rd, I am in Tampa doing a call in sick to work show at the Tampa Improv. I will go in, I will do Cowhead, I will drink at Cowhead. Carlos Mencia should be there. I will then go straight to the comedy club and do a noon show. It should be an event. Trust me when I say that. And then I'm on the Cowhead Cruise. These are my dates. I'm not going to go through the exact dates. Philly, Mohegan Sun, Gotham, New York, uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas at Mermaids, Funny Bone, Dayton, Baltimore Comedy Factory, Tampa, Morty's Comedy Joint, Fort Lauderdale Improv, Levity Live, and Oxnard. Ladies and gentlemen, I have no sponsors this week, and I implore you if you do anything this weekend, go subscribe to CISO. It is $3.99 a month. You get your first month free if you use the code word Stanhope. This is not an advertisement. I just watched Doug Stanhope's hour special, No Place Like Home, produced by none other than Johnny Depp. Let me tell you something. If you get his stamp of approval, are you rolling your eyes at that? Why? It's not lame. None other than who was not at the premiere last night. And I think it let all of us down, really. I think we were. Why do you even bring him up? I don't know. Why did we even go last night? Why are you talking his shit? How's the t shirts? I'm not. Doug Stanhope's special is that good. In my opinion, it is necessary watching. I loved it. I'm being serious when I say this. Not Not an ad, but it is that good. You have to watch it. Get it. Go to CISO. Don't go to CISO.com. Just go to the App Store. Download CISO. Use your Facebook. I think it charges it right to your fucking app stuff. You get the first month three. It's three ninety nine. Who gives a fuck? Doug Stanhope special, No Place Like Home, is so fucking good. Uh, watch it on CISO. All right. Today's guest, uh, he is a broadcast veteran. He broke both his heels. He gave his sister crack one time. He... Uh, He's one of the funniest, most interesting, interested human beings I know, and he is smart as fuck, and he came over the other day, and we had a blast talking, and I, it was a seamless two hours. You're going to love it. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, he's on tour. Hold on one second, real quick. Um, he's on tour. Oh, uh, It's called The Good Trip Tour. A Good Trip Tour. His website is shamemoss.com, S-H-A-N-E. M-A-U-S-S. If you've ever had questions about psychedelics, this is the man to go to. Holy fucking shit. Flagstaff, Tucson, Phoenix, Sedona, Norman, Dallas, Houston, Austin, Shreveport, New Orleans, Mobile, Pensacola, Birmingham, Atlanta, Savannah, Charlotte, Charlottesville, now Raleigh, uh, Richmond, Washington, D.C., Philly, New York, Allison, Schenectady, Buffalo. Ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast, Shane Moss. Buy a t-shirt. Tell him. Buy a t-shirt. Go to BurtBurtBurt.com. Ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast, Shane Moss. This is...
hair addictive, but not like... It's a hair addictive? It's a hair addictive. Let me turn this off. But it'll fix that hangover. I took some this morning because I was having a fucking bad foot day. Oh, really? Yeah. What? Uh, how was your foot doing? That was good. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's see. I think our levels are good. Um, I think last time I was here, I was having a bad foot. Like, every two weeks, I'd have, like, three or four days in a row that were real bad with my foot. And now it's more like once a month. Really? So it's continuing to so like, what, improve. Like, describe a bad foot day. Would it Does it hurt it, just to get up? And Yeah, like, basically, I should be using a cane on, on those days. Like, oh, I, really? I can't walk right and stuff. But, Holy um, shit. But, yeah, but it's still, but the rest of the days are, are pretty decent. I got back into rock climbing a little bit. That Did seems you really? to be helping a lot. I And my rock climbing gym has yoga. Um, and those two things seem to be helping. If I do a hike once in a while, that seems to help a lot. Is it one of the, is it a scenario where they want you to put, they want you to exercise? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's now it's like mobility shit and, and just like the nerve damage reactivating the old nerves and stuff. And so, uh, and so, uh, they, you know, it's just kind of the more I can push it, the better I can't like run or jump, but any like slow movements are good for, I can't like, I can't do like a a one footed, like calf raise with it, you know, cause it's just like really weak. Um, but like I did uh, a couple months ago, I did the most intense hike of of my life just because I was like being a team player and these friends wanted to go and, and my whole body hurt and my foot felt the best that it had felt in a while. Really? Actually. Oh, you got a harness over there. You go, you, yeah. you do a little climbing here yeah. and there. I, I knew you, I knew you did like a little bit of stuff for the show and whatnot. I did a little but. bit of stuff and then I did some. I fell off a waterfall. I told you about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was repelling. Well you, well, you told me when you almost broke your heels, and then in afterwards, Zanzibar. Yeah. Oh, oh fuck! <laughs> I mean, that was that instant. I feel. I feel like death's gonna feel like that. Like that instant where you go, where you go. Oh shit! This is a mistake. Oh, I fucked up. I just want to go back two minutes ago and not make this decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I've had. I've had close calls, but man, that's that's one of those things. So wait, tell me about this uh, this herb. Where do you get it? Kratom. You can get it online or at any head shop. It's cheaper to get online, and it's gonna it's gonna be scheduled next month. So you really? can only get it for like another couple of weeks. It. And uh, yeah, you should try it, man. You'll have a lovely day. Kratom capsules. Yeah, they're uh, and it, like any. Any herbal shit, I'm like kind of real skeptical of. Yeah. What I, I was in Wilmington a couple of weeks ago. I just discovered the stuff myself, and and they have like kratom bars in in some places. I think there's one in L.A. too. Like a kratom and, bar? Yeah, yeah. You you just go and kava too. They they have. No, there. I've had kava. I've had kava. Yeah, so it's like the same in the same field. This is different because this is like more of an upper and more of a painkiller. Really? Um, and and yeah, I was having I was having a rough, rough. I was having like a real bad foot day uh, when I do like lots of stand up in a row, and I'm like, it's standing in one place. Yeah. really fucks it. And uh, and I was like, I was bitching about it, and I was ah. Someone's like, you should go to the Kratom Bar. I'm like, what's that? And they're like, oh, it's some herbal thing. It's gonna be scheduled next month. And and I was like, well, if it's gonna be scheduled, maybe it does work. <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, <laughs> that's usually how that works. Yeah, yeah. If, if someone says to you, uh, hey, they're taking this off the shelves, that's when you buy it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was the one MDMA? M, no, not MDMA. Uh, 
what was the one we used to take in college uh, that you take a little capful? Mm. Um, Segura overdosed on it. Uh, my, oh God, what is it? You, it tastes like uh, it was like a little cap. You'd take a capful, and I have no idea. Oh, the is that the stuff that's oh uh, that juice stuff that's like it, it was fucking but, oh, disgusting. God damn it! Right now, everyone listening to this is going. It's the fucking. It was like liquid ecstasy. Okay, when we were in high school. Yeah, I don't remember. in college. Oh fuck! I'll find out. Um, but yeah, so I I went kind of skeptically to this bar. Had a little bit of this stuff, and all of a sudden... Like, how do you know how much to take? Do they say, like... Like, you feel it out a little. Like, at the bar, they kind of helped me out. They started me slow, and I was like, I got a high tolerance for, like, everything. So, like, after a half hour, I was like, nah, you better, like, give me triple that. (laughs) And then... And then all of a sudden I was just like in the fucking best mood and I could, and I could like my foot fucking work perfectly. My, I can very rarely can I, can I walk like a completely normal person? It's only when I either have MDMA or now Kratom's the only, the only other thing or really? M- MDA is, is similar, but GHB, than, GHB. Yeah. Yeah. I, t- I took take that once. We used to take that in college, but it was a, it was a supplement offered at, uh, at, G- at GNC, oddly enough. Really? Yeah, when I was in high school... Th- uh, what what did they say it was for? What it was for was, you would take it and it would burn fat while you slept. <laughs> like, it would burn... Uh, like, I'm sure they have a... But yeah, GHB. Um, so, so, like a lot of those drugs, like if you just stay awake through them, you'll get real fucked up. Gamma hydroxybutate. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can tell you what it is. But I'm, I remember, I remember going to the GNC in Northdale, and I think I was a either I was a freshman in college, maybe or senior. I might have been in high school, but I was definitely at the GNC in Northdale, and I uh, paced. And and they were like, I remember the guy saying like, you should get this now. They're pulling this off the shelves. Yeah, and I was like, really. And then all of a sudden, everyone was taking GHB. Let's see. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was just a burn. But it, but it, I, and I don't. I remember doing it, but I don't remember ever feeling the effects like yeah. the way I felt ecstasy. I felt ecstasy. Like I took ecstasy maybe a handful of times, and every time I was, I loved that drug more than anything. Yeah. Um. It's uh. Actually, the so my my tour. I now have a sixty-five city tour. Yeah, I'm doing with what, my, yeah. Where are you going? Um, it's fucking everywhere, man. I'm I'm going uh, through. I, I'm going straight east, like through Arizona and Texas, Louisiana, Alabama, Florida, and then I head, and then I head up the east coast. So you're out for the whole tour. Oh yeah, like a new city. Almost every single night. I only have a. I just have like a, a few day break. Like around Halloween, I'll be in New York for a few days. Are you driving this then, whole tour? Yeah. Uh, hopefully, Holy my shit. fucking car holds up. I wish I had like an RV or a van or something like ah, that. Yeah, It'd be you, so I bet much you could better. Fucking trade one. That's the thing. You should trade for one. So fucking broke right now, man. In fucking Florida. Yeah, I know. I. So wait, where does your tour start? 
Uh, it starts in Arizona. It starts okay. in Flagstaff and like Sedona area, and uh, thought those would be good areas to start in. Yeah. And then it, I basically do a whole perimeter around the country, and then originally it's going to be like 30, 40 cities, but then the shows kept on going. The shows that I've been doing with it are like packing out every time, and and um, and uh, minus a couple misses here and there with bad weather or something like that yeah but uh and then and then the tour was coming together so fast that once we got it was going to end around thanksgiving in portland and then maybe get back down to la from there we were sorting it out but then i was like let's just swing back through the midwest and then i can i can be home in wisconsin for christmas so then oh, we, we tacked on like salt lake city and denver and you know, a whole bunch of there's there's still like there's about seven dates that I still need to confirm, but it's it's looking like it's going to be um, 65 cities pretty easily, maybe 70. And it's so I was going to say when you brought up ecstasy, my tour is sponsored by MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies, and they're in phase three of getting MDMA um uh legalized for clinical use for treatment of PTSD which will be the first step and then hopefully it'll be able to be used for other things as yeah. well you know or you be was, like I have PTSD and then you can go well, and- I remember they used ecstasy by the way all so uh, apparently GHB was used to treat narcolepsy mm. and why well, I know if you took enough you definitely went down yeah yeah I remember that I I remember uh I remember um I, I took it one time, and I was like, after I took it, um, friend was like, you know, you, you might pass out, and don't be surprised if you wake up with like a sore asshole or whatever, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, not feeling anything yeah. at all, like forever. It was one of those things that if you took just too much, you were fucking gone. But I was like, and I was like, this is this is I maybe I'm like maybe I feel a little high, and they're like, what? why don't you stand up? And the second I stood up, like everything just started spinning. I had to sit back down and then I was like, Oh, I'm fading in a hurry. And then I, I passed out in the chair, like fucking 20 minutes. I remember they, I remember my buddy, uh, one of my buddies in college, I won't say his name, but his name was Shelly. I don't know if he's, (laughs) I don't know what he's doing. I don't think he'd mind, but I remember he went down at Yanni's and everyone was like, he's on GHB. And I was, and he just like passed out and they grabbed him and walked him out. And it was just instantaneous. But yeah, I, I, ecstasy. They say they used to tr- use ecstasy to treat um, to treat uh, marriage problems. Yeah, yeah. But, but so one of the things that so what it does neurologically is it limits. So and why it's effective for PTSD is it limits um, blood flow to the amygdala, which is like your fight or flight response. That's like what gets activated when you're scared and shit. Yeah, and. And this is for people with PTSD. Um, there's all these little triggers of of the event that gave them PTSD, and then the amygdala just lights the fuck up, and then they have to like do whatever they can to just push it out of their mind because they start freaking out. And then when when they push it, so they so they can't like explore the idea and process it, and so then it it, it gets repressed enough, and they're fighting it so hard that it eventually pops out into their perception in in the severe cases that's why there's hallucinations yeah and um 
and and so it limits blood flow to the amygdala so that doesn't happen and then it increases blood flow to the prefrontal cortex which is like a lot of your higher functioning decision making and a, a lot of these a lot of these big thoughts in this conversation that we're having right now like a, the the prefrontal cortex is like the main kind of player in that it was one of the last things to evolve and it's where a lot of a lot of our intelligent processing is coming from and so people are able to go through these old events and process them in an intelligent way without having that reaction of, of like being terrified, yeah. you know, and it just kind of feels, you feel like love and like everything's going to be okay and everything. And, and so it's just about being able to process it. Like the, the difference between there, there'll be two guys that were in a trench together. One of them has PTSD. The other one doesn't. And they're like, why would, you know, the exact same stimulus, why would two people have? And there's genetic components and upbringing components and everything else. But one of the main things is that they'll they'll look at how their behavior is. And, and the guy without PTSD was the guy that, like, he got out of war and talked about his experiences, wrote about them, you know, would tell his family, would share, and it would be he would be able to process them. And then the other guy would just like keep it to himself because he was like embarrassed or 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 just didn't want to think about it or whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, probably not embarrassed, just like didn't want to think about it, and and didn't ever share it with anyone and, and repressed it. And those are the ones that get the PTSD. So, so giving your brain the ability to just walk yourself through it and process it and come to terms with things is makes all the difference in the world. And it doesn't work for everybody, but the, the results from the MDMA are, they take people that have had it, had PTSD for 15, 20 years have tried everything. I mean, all all of their test subjects have had it chronic PTSD, severe for like 15, 20, you know, uh, sexual abuse victims, uh, veterans, all that. And, and uh, the the results are, are, I, yeah, I wish I could show like a graph or whatever right now, yeah. but, but the results are incredible. Like one treatment fixes a lot of people. Two treatments fixes like, the majority, uh, like almost everybody. It's crazy that the drugs that we messed around with in college, or I say, I say, drugs I messed around with in college yeah. are now you coming around full circle, and people are using them to like, um, uh, like Neil Brennan's doing special K, yeah, uh, to to for depression, mm. like he's doing ketamine yeah, treatments, yeah. and and you. you it's just, it's like, I, we just, I, we were just fucking around and it turns out maybe it, it well-rounded us or, or, you know, like I would love, I would love if they could green light legalize a low grade ecstasy that you could just be like, I think it's right around the corner, at least in like a clinical setting. It's like this, this maps organization is in phase three. That's the last phase and no. their, and their results are, are unbelievable. What do you think about, uh, cause I, I've heard a lot of people say that that I'm not going to use the right terminology, but uh, using using mushrooms to the threshold, the the bare threshold, yeah. on a daily basis, like microdosing. Yeah, microdosing. That's it. Yeah. What do you think about microdosing? Well, I haven't really tried it myself. I mean, I I have microdosed before, but I haven't done it like every day. And I get it. You can have such a low amount that you don't consciously feel it, and. And it does make sense that it would make you a bit more creative because what, what, um, so they just had, uh, and, and this isn't like, 
this isn't information being reported in like high times or whatever. This is like BBC news yeah. reporting on these, these are legitimate studies. Um, uh, LSD. If you look at an MRI of someone on LSD, it just lights up the brain and it makes all of these new connections. And that's what we're as creative people. That's what we're doing. That's what our job is. That's what I'm is looking to for. Make like new connections. Rogan was saying, sometimes he goes on stage and he'll, uh, He'll <coughs> he'll have a little bit of nicotine because mm. it inspires creativity. Well, nicotine is a is a cognitive enhancer. What does that um, mean? Ju- just it kind of gets the brain going and and a, a little bit like caffeine, I guess. Um, but but nicotine actually like increases your focus. And it, there's nothing physiologically wrong with nicotine itself. It's all the chemicals that you're putting in your that body. You gotta, that, it's, that, it's the uh, the whatever you got to do to what is yeah. it, what does Marin call it? Uh, it's the delivery system. Yeah, it's the yeah. delivery system that fucks you. And 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 nicotine's highly addictive is the problem with yeah. it. Same with heroin is if you don't overdose, uh, there's like the, when they first discovered heroin, they thought it was some miracle drug, you know, because there was there is no. Side of the side effects are like you're injecting dirty needles or you overdose and yeah. your respiratory system shuts down and it's highly addictive. So then now the shit that you're doing and now you're living in the streets and sucking dick and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to get a few diseases. Here this is there. not a bad drug. Now we've seen some side effects. We yeah. can't really put our, yeah. That guy's blowing a guy in an alley. We don't know where that comes from. But yeah, yeah. I, I want to try. I've been watching Deadwood. I want to try Loudlum. I've never heard of That's that. The, that. I think that might be. Like the first round of oxys, mm-hmm. like it's. I think it was a more. It was morphine t- technically. Ah, they used to sell it in like dropper form, and women would put it in their drinks, and then yeah. there would be loudlomatics. Oh, this is. I mean, when when I just took a uh, online course on on uh, on drug laws and and um and kind of the origins of them and the history, and they when they um <laughs> like in the early early 1900s um heroin was legal and yeah you'd have it like in your coffee or or whatever else and you'd and it was like the same people that sold tylenol sold heroin like the same company would sell it and they would be like it it just brightens your day (laughs) oh god do you know how great just a little dab of heroin in your coffee would be? Yeah. Uh, one pump of heroin, please. And then just tong, tong. one pump of heroin. Oh my god! I was, I yeah, was... It, it, with, within a couple of weeks, you're getting a few pumps, and then <laughs> you know. Uh, let me get two coffees. I'm gonna get seventeen pumps. Can I, you just pump it into my glass, and, hey, and then I'm just gonna? And then you're like, and then you're like, hey guys, where do you dash get your coffee? heroin? I wouldn't mind doing opening up a coffee shop. Um, I, I, I was saying. You know, like there's, uh, I have a friend who takes this pill called Medaffodil. Medaffodil? Atlanta. Hang on. Nah. Yeah, no, take no, it. no, no, no. Take it. I'm just, I'm worried it's Atlanta. Uh, fuck it. Mm. Um, uh, <coughs> he takes it called Medaffodil. And it's, never heard of it. I'm, I might be fucking up the name, but it's called, it's, he takes it all the time and it, and it just kind of like, uh, it it's it's basically like a, a low grade speed, mm. and it just uh, creates alertness and attentiveness and focus, and you can and you can't fall asleep. Like mm. that's for, so it's for narcoleptics. Narcoleptics. I think this is a um, statement I should probably uh, check before I say out loud. But I think 
uh, Jimmy Kimmel takes it, or huh. or, or something like that, because he's narcoleptic, and you can't have him. Obviously, you can't have him falling asleep on the sh- set. Well, not in the middle of the show, or while you're driving, or you just can't be. Just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably the worst. Yeah, like it would, it would be funny if he fell asleep in the middle of his show, just conk. Yeah, yeah. I would um, love to say I was narcoleptic and get this shit because I would love like I have coffee just is it misses the boat for me by it it, it its arrow is off just a tad off center of bullseye yeah, but like yeah. speed meaning like like my dad used to take this stuff called uh it was, it was oh yeah you told me about and it man dad. i took it one time and I, I wrote a fucking treatment like i just got focused i like sat down at the desk and i was like time to bang out some work yeah i took uh adderall for the first time this year and uh that shit was too intense for me. I, really? I, yeah, it was like, I mean, whatever. It was fine. I got tons of work done. Yeah. But like, it just felt. I've never done meth, but I was like, this must be what meth is like. Oh, and, I bet meth is so fucking dirty. Yeah. Like yeah. I know that Adderall. You mean you figure Adderall and whatever those low grade pill speed things, they, they've got to be like, they've got to be a lot cleaner. And, yeah. you know, but man, I, I, my dick didn't work for like three days after fucking taking Adderall. Yeah. We used to love, uh, we, we, we did it when it was Ritalin. Yeah. Yeah. When, whatever the pill was, it was Ritalin. And man, you take like, it was great when you had an, a friend who had ADD and you could just, he'd be like, you'd be like, Hey, can I buy 10 of those from you? And you just have them and you'd be like, I have a test taking that, take a Ritalin. Yeah. I got to fucking read a book. Take a Ritalin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I. I haven't uh I haven't messed around with much at all. Although I'd love to microdose. I think that would be well like microdose to, to be creative, to write. Yeah. To sit down and go, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a coffee and and whatever the threshold is for mushrooms and go, I'm gonna have that and then just work. Put it in my coffee. I mean, it's like all the rage with like in Silicon Valley and all really? of that. You know, that's 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 reported that that's what they're doing is microdosing. I wonder if you can microdose with marijuana. I mean, why? Well, I guess why yeah, would you want to? I mean, you want to? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you might um, as well just get high. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I mean, since since putting this show together, so I think around May, I started, uh, and I'm not quite at this level now, but I was like, I'm just gonna eat. So I had mushrooms like three times in a week. This one week in May, I did like a float tank on mushrooms and shit. It was a, it was the best trip of my life. Really? And um, and since that time, I was like, in that whole week, I just like, I was cranking out some of the best material in my life, and and not and not like. Sometimes you'll do mushrooms, and then the next day you're like, oh, that was a bunch of nonsense that yeah. I wrote down. Like solid, I use all of this material, and. I was like, well, maybe I'll just try it, see how it goes every week, see if it, like, if I start feeling like I'm going crazy or whatever. Like, I talk with scientists for my podcast and stuff, so I feel like there'll always be, like, someone there to, like, fucking give me a bizarre look if I start talking like a lunatic, you know? Um, But uh, all of a sudden, so I've had chronic depression since I was, like, nine years old or so. Really? Yeah, and I thought it was going to be something I was going to live with the rest of my life. I And I had... I had, it got into like, I think I talked a little bit about this last year, 
uh, last time I was on when I went from crutches to a cane and realized my foot was going to hurt like every other step for the rest of my life. I went into such a fucking severe depression that I start. That's when I started drinking again, which yeah. has still been going fine. And I like drink like a normal person. And I think I might not drink for my tour because I got drive three hours every fucking day. Yeah. Um, but uh, but man, my so my depression goes from like manageable to like unmanageable, and that's it. And but since it, I started doing mushrooms on a weekly basis, and all of a sudden. The first time in my life, I just didn't have the depression. Just like went away, really? I, and I don't know if it's like a placebo effect. It, it could be that like the show that I put together is doing really well, and I'm very confident right now, and like it really fe- feels like my career is on track. It could be a myriad of reasons. I'm not saying it was absolutely like the mushrooms or the LSD and stuff that I was taking that did it, but. Never in my life have I had a break from my chronic depression like this. And what's depression? In- what, what's depression feel like? It's uh, so. I mean, you know, like you have um, when when you have like a bad day because everyone suffers from depression here and there. You ha- you have like a bad day and you're kind of like, oh, what's the point and all all that. Well, and, no, and- the, that's the point. Like, what's the point? Is the question that I like when when you say what's the point is. Th- I I I I, I think I've, I've probably suffered from depression at times, but for the first time recently, within like the last few months, six months, six weeks ago, I f- <coughs> I felt like I was suffering from it for real, like legitimately. Yeah, and I was like, but the what's the point is a lot for me in that moment was a lot deeper than what's the point. Like just a flippant what's the point? It was it was seeing. It was seeing what's the point in everything. Yeah, like yeah. it was seeing a woman who was who was four hundred pounds and going, "Whoa, what's the fucking point?" Yeah, yeah. Like what? Like or or seeing someone who has who has like uh, who just I I, I would find I, I called it I talked to my therapist about it I'd see the futility in everything. Right. Like just like what's the fucking point? You look at someone, you're like, okay, you're. F- you're 60. By the way, if this is offensive to anyone, I apologize because I, I'm just not trying to be offensive. Well, it's but- just it's just like when you're when you feel like you're having a hard time, and then you see people that are like so much worse off, and like, you're like, "Fucking, yeah. how are you doing it? What you the know? fuck, man? Like, like I would look at a woman who's like 60 years old in a Corolla, like a beat up Corolla, driving down the street, and I was like. What's the fucking point? And and you think about like this could be me one day, you know? Like I was seeing we were having a, we were having run in with homeless people, yeah. And I and I was very insensitive to them at first, and yeah. then I started going like, oh, we're all just a, a car accident, a poor decision, oh, a fucking a, a falling off a, a jumping off a cliff. Yeah. We're all a heartbeat, a, a hair away from that fucking moment i started giving money to homeless people consistently when i see them ever since my injury not i don't think it's helping them you know whatever and it it's not like i'm trying to be a good person it's like if i don't do it like i can't fucking handle it you know if i don't like do something because i can't stop thinking like you know that my parents fucking took me in for three months because I couldn't care for myself. What if what if I didn't have that? Like that's all that's all the difference between that's all the difference between me and you yeah. and those guys 
busting their ass building my house right now. Yeah, like, yeah. I, trust me when I say, and I'm still, I'm still, uh, I, I don't know if. Look, maybe maybe I just have a, an insightful way of looking things. Maybe it's the artistic eye where I see things and I go, oh, I go, wow. But like I was like, how? F-? I mean, people deny white privilege. It's they're wrong. White privilege exists. It's a real thing. Hundred percent. The fact that me and you are just sitting in this room talking about drugs, and and we're making money, and that's how we make our living. Because there's there's other probably a, a large amount of white kids as well. Listen to this, going, fuck, man, I want to I want a microdose. What's the name of that that herb? How do I get it online? And these guys in there oh. are destroying like. I heard a guy fucking put a nail through his hand the other day, and he just finished the day. He didn't say a fucking word because he's got no. There's no like. There's no, he doesn't can't just go to his parents' house and sleep it off. No, yeah. He's got to fucking bust his ass. He's got kids, and he's got and and he knows that if he fucks up, then his family's homeless. And that's where I'm like, so white privilege is real. If shit goes down for me, oh, and just the shit that. Like we've gotten away with, like, like with the law, with fucking cops and stuff. Yeah, I once. Uh, well, I, I think that I think that's I, I think part of that has to do with a, a, a um, Chris Rock one time said something really fascinating about uh, about I don't I'm going to fuck up the verbiage because he uses it better. But talking to Lauren Michaels mm-hmm. and uh, he said that I it was like. Adam Sandler and Lauren Michaels had a shorthand that he didn't know and he had to learn. And it's like it's it's true it's the truth. It's like it's like when you walk or you talk to like when when we go to a, like if I go to a country club, I know how to behave, how to talk, how to how to interact where maybe say Donnell Rollins doesn't. And so Donnell has to kind of like navigate those waters a little a little differently. When I went I went to play golf one time with uh with with Red Grant and we stopped in at a jack-in-the-box in Compton, and I thought I was getting in a fight with the lady I was ordering from, but it turns out I was just ordering from her. Yeah. And I got scared, and I was like, not scared, but like angry and pissed, and was talking to Red about it, and Red was like, dude, calm down. She's just talking to you. Black people communicate differently than white people. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like a lot of what's happening with these white cops shooting black people in, in the streets is that is, is, and I'm not talking about the one where the kid pulls the BB gun out of his waistband. I'm talking about the videos you see where the black woman pulled out of her car, slammed on the ground, and everyone cries police brutality. Is is it's? I think it's this this dialogue that no one's talking about. Black people interact differently than white people. Where a white where a black woman might say, "Hey, what the fuck are you pulling me over for?" Like a white person doesn't say that. They just don't say. It. A lot of times they they're like, "Right, right, right." It's, it, we were our communications different. And so I, I think it's also that's, if you're under enough fucking stress, you yeah. know, you're you're going to be a little fucking you're going to snap a little more on people and uh, and you're going to have a little bit more like I don't give a shit kind of attitude on life. You know, if, if you've had and, and there's only so much stress the fucking body can handle before yeah. you're going to hit that point. And it's and, you know, and I think like I'm I'm always careful to like think about how i sound when i talk like this but you know i'm i'm a big supporter of cops like i legit support cops like i i they the stress they're under on a day-to-day basis and the the amount of of times they've showed up on my behalf is far outweighs any issues i've ever had with them that's just my experience i can only speak to my experience but that is how like when we had a guy try to break into our house they were here within five minutes and they 
took some time to talk to my daughters to calm my daughters down. Like, and I was like, that's who I interacted with. Yeah. But I can't make up and go, fuck those pigs. And now, if you're black and, you're, and you've had a different experience, then that's what you speak to. But yeah. I, I, had a, uh, I had a guy on my podcast um, talking about, um, he, he was a, was he a psychologist um, or a neuroscientist, but he, he was talking about these studies where they, they have, they have these simulations, basically like a shooter game, yeah. essentially, um, like, like a, a police training kind of simulation game. And, and so you'll have, you'll have, um, uh, a mix of different races in the game and you have to determine in like, you know, split second or whatever, if they're a threat and if you need to fire or not. And sometimes they're holding just like a pack of cigarettes in their hand in this game. Sometimes they're holding an actual gun. Sometimes, you know, they're holding a bouquet, you know, and, and everybody. So they, they have the general population play this. Everybody like including, including black dudes will shoot the, the black guy, uh, first more often and and more more times mistakenly and <laughs> I thought you said more times just shoot them and they go fuck da, 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 and unload your gun no i mean make the mistake yeah. too often and also and but police actually perform better on this than the general population you can take like your 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 civil rights professor and put him in this and he'll perform worse than a police officer does but it's we once we start educating ourselves that we have this this inner um uh, these inner evolved in group out group this this different tribe could attack our tribe anytime that's very outdated that we yeah. can't get past there is a it, it's it's been in a couple of uh, autobiographies um by a couple of the actors like charleston heston and like another actor that was in the original planet of the apes they had like a few different species uh, of apes so they had like three different costumes they had like the orangutan and and uh chimp and uh you know some other one yeah and they were they said that within a week or two when they would go to break for lunch and they'd be sitting at craft services all the extras had segregated themselves by species. <laughs> like, are you if, serious? If you're a baboon, <gasps> fuck you. Like, if these are people that have been friends their whole lives or whatever. Like, nope, the chimps sit together, the baboons sit together, and we don't realize that's how ingrained this. We're we're looking for any difference, and so. And so once we educate ourselves and realize that this is what's going on and it's just an error in our brain and we're just maladapted for our modern world, then we can do things. So there are ways to prime yourself so that you can perform better on like those simulations. And one thing you can do is if you show people these images of like um, uh, of uh, just just like. Martin Luther King in like positive, uh, like Nelson Mandela, like positive um, <laughs> black role models and leaders. Yeah. Um, and then you have them play. If you prime them that way, they won't make those same errors. It's just that we're we're caught up on watching the news, and the news loves to report on these these. Um, these anomalies basically like there's a shark attack in australia and they're showing that for some reason yeah. because because it'd be too boring to show like everyday I wonder, life I, I wonder if they're i wonder if the number i wonder if the number of black kids being shot 
has increased or if it's just more visible now? It's more visible. It's, it, it's not any more than it was before? No, no, this is the safest the world's ever been. And really? it doesn't look that way. <laughs> yeah, Steven Pinker wrote a book, Better, Better Angels of Our Nature. And people argue, but I think he makes a very legitimate case. He, he breaks down all of the numbers for murder rates and, and every, every kind of statistic you can look at. And this is, this is by far the safest the world's ever been. I mean... I, I mean, the Holocaust was like nothing compared to there's like Genghis Khan, I think, wiped off like a fourth of the world's population or something yeah. like that. And <clears throat> and 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 nothing even close to the Holocaust has happened really since then. Well, there's there's been plenty of genocide and yeah, stuff like, since then, yeah. actually. Um, I, I take that back. But but. Just statistically, the world becomes a safer and safer place. But we are we have access to um, not, not only just like just like our movies and video games keep on getting more violent because we get desensitized to it. Yeah. We get desensitized to the news, and the news is just trying to grab our attention, be as entertaining as possible. So it's you show the lottery and you show who got killed this day. It's not they're not reporting on like, hey, Bert and Shane were in the man cave, uh, you nothing know, talking happened, about, and they were fine. Like. Yeah. It, uh, Jim Johnson drove to work today, didn't get in an accident. You know, it's too mundane. Yeah. We, no one would tune into that. And and so so the news is cueing our uh, our perception of reality. And then we also have our brains love to focus on the negative. I think I've talked about the negativity bias on here before. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe I did. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's just the idea of it came from engineering. Um it's it's one of my favorite uh, we have all these different cognitive biases so the idea is you make a fire alarm and you can't possibly uh, my my last album my big break was all about these concepts uh, was so you make a fire alarm you can't possibly make it 100% accurate you just have to realize it's never going to be 100% perfect so it can error in two ways it can either go off when it's not supposed to the toast burnt and all the things going off it's real annoying you know yeah. and and there's a cost there it's annoying and you know it wakes you up whatever it might be causes a little stress there's a cost or it cannot go off when it is supposed to People burn alive. That's a tremendous cost, and because of because that cost is greater, they intentionally bias that smoke alarm to make us uh, so that it goes off like when the toast is burning and stuff like yeah. that. Because there's a lower cost involved. <laughs> Our brains have these same sort of alarm systems. So if there was like if we evolved in this area where there's a rustling in the brush. A lot of times it wasn't a lion. It was just a little rustling or it was a squirrel or whatever. But if you if you were just like, ah, oh, that's just a little rustling. That's my wife. And and all, all of a sudden a lion does come out. There's a bigger cost there. So so they do all these studies. People tend to remember negative things a lot more. Um, people, even sounds, if you play sounds of, of a ball either going away from you or coming towards you, people will react to the ball coming towards them, even though the sound's hitting their ears at the exact same time. They react to the sound of the ball coming towards them faster because there's these biases involved to keep us safe. And the problem is, is that we live in a pretty safe world now, and now what's killing us more than anything is stress. So we have, we have these pretty... Um, 
basically every mammal has the same stress response system. There's a great book, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, by my favorite scientist, Robert Sapolsky. Why zebras don't get ulcers? Yeah. Wait, why don't zebras get ulcers? So, so a, a, a zebra... Uh, a, a lion's gonna go and attack a zebra, and both the lion and the zebra have the exact same stress response that happens in their brain. Both the lion trying to get the zebra so it can fucking eat, and the zebra trying to get away so it doesn't get eaten. And what happens is, it sends out these glucocorticoids in the brain, which sends out uh, just this cascade of hormones. And these hormones, I think I, I think I did talk about this the first time I was on there. But basically, these these hormones. Um, delegate energy to the right area. So don't worry about digestion right now. Don't worry about your immune system. Don't worry about fucking. Don't worry about fucking. There's no time for a boner. Just get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And and then afterwards, the zebra gets away from the danger, and then it and then these other side of the hormones, which is called the parasympathetic response, calm everything down. And and then it goes back to eating grass, and it's fine. The immune system starts working again. The sex drive starts working again. Digestion, everything else. But humans, so humans have the same simple um, stress response system. But we're we're so our brains are so sophisticated now that we have these subjective imagined stressors and we can think so far into the future that now we're thinking about our 401k and we're having the exact same stress response as if we were as if we were being chased by a lion yeah. i was on my I, I was i was five minutes late today showing up for this podcast and i'm like because i'm stuck in traffic and i'm fucking ah god come on yeah. and this is not life. Thre- Who cares? I was five minutes late for this podcast. You know, it yeah. wasn't the end of the world. It it was. It certainly wasn't me about to be eaten by a lion. But my body is going through the same exact stress response. And then there's there's hardly any way to dial it down. So now what happens is our dicks aren't working right. We're not digesting food. We're yeah. not, uh, and and it's causing all this cardiovascular disease. And it's all just a misperception about how dangerous the world. That's if I had one thing to uh, that I could Im- just get through to everybody is that the world is just not as much of a threat as you will perceive it because your perceptions are biased to make it seem like it's more of a threat than it is, and that perception is killing you more than any threat that you think is actually out there. Yeah, I th- <clears throat> I think I have a I, I have a lot of. Uh, we've been having this, we've been having a problem with, uh, homeless people breaking into houses, mm. uh, in the past probably six weeks because we got a new, uh, there's a new drug dealer in town. And so, you know, it's so funny to me. So it's pros and cons, you know, yeah. you got a new source of drugs, but then you got the homeless people. So, right? so yeah, it's, he's, uh, but it, I think he sells meth and heroin. And so you've got a bunch of those guys floating around. But it's what's really interesting is um, the way we become almost. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's. If it's. We get. Oh, there's my wife. We get hypersensitized. Like we get hyper of aware and vigilant. Like we become the z- the zebra all the time. Like I, I, that's one, the problem. One of the things that drives me nuts about uh, 
And about, that's, what, that's what the ulcers are about. Like yeah. zebras dial it down. That's why they don't get ulcers. That's like the premise of the book. One of the things that drives me nuts is the the uber, uber liberals who can't see both sides of the fence. Uh, let me, I, I don't, it doesn't need Absolutely, to be liberals. Absolutely, man. Well, especially when you live in L.A. Yeah. It doesn't need to be liberals. It can be liberals or conservatives, but people who can't see the other side. Like, like the, like, it's almost like you're, you're so into your own forest that you can't see the trees. Yeah. And so, so like, for instance, the, I, I started, I started being like really aggressively uh, vigilant about paying attention to uh, people's behaviors in the streets. Like I just, and like as soon as these break-ins started going on, I was like, I was like, I was like really kind of paying, paying attention. I was paying attention to shit. I was like, you gotta be on, you gotta be on your toes. And so we're walking and, and, you, and the other thing it does is it brings community together. So like one of my neighbors, uh, ex-guitarist, very liberal guy, very, very liberal guy. Um, I only say that because his wife has a fucking organic garden in the front yard. She runs a preschool out of her front house, right. and he's a guitarist for a band. You just assumed, you know that that's where that is. He he pulls me aside and he's like, "Have you been? Have you been? How's have you been keeping an eye out?" And I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "Me too." Uh, it's been. I, I I know who the I know who the dealer is. And I said, "You do." And he describes the kid, and then I go, "Oh, really?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I, he was in his car, started up a conversation. I kind of picked out of my, I, I, it's that's who the dealer is. I said, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He tells me where he lives and whatnot. By the way, the dealer fits the stereotype of what you'd need him to look like. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you who it isn't. It isn't the Hasidic Jewish kid. Right. It isn't the white kid. It's the fucking. It's the kid that looks like a suspect. Right. Right. And so, but immediately that fits into all the math in my head, and I'm like, oh yeah, that that makes sense. That makes total sense. Now I'm on the lookout for that. And I, I and I had this night where I went for a walk, and then and because it's there's been so much crime around, I'm like, I bring whatever little side weapon I have on me, not like a gun, but like a a taser and a baton. I'm walking the dog, and yeah. now I'm like, fucking, I got a. 130 pound bull mastiff a baton and a taser and i'm like fucking we're it's it's on where the fuck is the problem and i realized i'm george zimmerman like yeah, the, yeah. the the guy we've all uh fucking said is the worst human being in the world ever yeah i am literally a hair away from him and i am not george zimmerman and i am the most fucking open-minded accepting liberal human being in the planet but all it takes is one black kid on a skateboard, one black kid. All it takes is a, is a is, and I'm just saying this for real. I know it's going to sound like I'm racist. I'm not. But all it takes is one black dude who lost his dog, looking for his dogs. His kids are crying. His kids are crying because they lost their dog, and he's just looking in houses, looking in backyards, you right. know. And and that's all. And not trying to make a noise because he knows that he looks like a suspect. Like trying just trying to get his dog, and and then all of a sudden I just show up. And I go here we go. I got one. Yeah, and then all yeah. of a sudden, on the fuck, but like, but like people like <clears throat> that lady uh, who does fuck who does transparency. I guess the transparency is a uh, um, uh, show about transgender. I don't know. It won an Emmy last night. Oh, transparent. Trans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Transparent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's she she said, I guess her speech was topple the pi- patriarchy, and I felt like going, oh man, way to not way to fucking knock yourself off the ankles. Yeah. Way to lose a ton of people that you could have, 
you 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 could have turned over so many people to open them up to your art. All you're making is art. And then and then they would have seen it in such a different light. Now you said that and all people heard is angry feminist, angry lesbian. Yeah. Ang- this this show's full of anger. It's got a message. It's not about it's it's an angry message. It's not a message of love and inclusiveness. It's a message of top of the patriarchy. Fuck dudes. You know, yeah, it, yeah. that is the equivalent of fuck her right in the pussy. It's the same fucking statement. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and there's much more interesting arguments to make. So there there's um you you can you can scan um you can do MRIs and someone can um and an expert can look at those brain scans and they can tell whether that's a male or female brain because parts of uh parts of the brain in females is larger, parts of it is smaller. Uh, for a lot of adaptive reasons and um, uh, like emotional processing and stuff like that. Fem- females have a heightened sense of empathy and, and, um, and you can look at that. And so you can, you can take one of these people, one of these transgenders uh, that are like, I swear I'm a, I'm a woman trapped in a male's body. I've felt like this my whole life. You can take these people, scan their brain, and the neuroscientists be like, oh, no, that's, they, they do have these parts. That is, they do have a female brain inside of their head. And, and their bodies, there's this mechanism. I forget exactly how it works, but they, their bodies, when it comes term to, uh, for, for your body to determine what, genitals and stuff you get it just got switched at that time and so they literally are a female trapped in a male's body you can prove that with science but no one's talking about that everyone's talking about patriarchy and social conditioning and all this like you can't talk about you can't talk about gender differences even though they're very testable and it's there's a lot of interesting evolved reasons why there's that you can't talk about gender differences and, and part of the reason is is that the reason why you can't talk about race differences or gender differences is because it's assumed once you start talking about that like one group is lesser so rather than celebrating our differences in diversity which is what we should be doing evolution has worked by making us diverse we wouldn't be here if it weren't for diversity rather than celebrating that we're still in in this in, in this uh just uninformed state of, of of like no it's it's this way because of social conditioning it's because you painted the boys room blue and and yeah. painted the daughter's room pink and that that's why you can take you can take chimps um juvenile chimps and give them a, a choice of of toys and um and they they and and the females will overwhelmingly take like dolls and stuff and the males will overwhelmingly take like uh, these things with moving parts like a toy truck or something like that yeah. all the time and no one's social conditioning the you know no one's calling these little uh, these little male uh, uh, adolescent chimps gay or whatever for for picking up the doll this is this is ingrained these are these are involved differences that we have that have helped us survive and evolve and are important and also once we recognize that they're there j- just like 
understanding that we have these in and out group behaviors and if we just prime people by showing them like positive black images people can get, get past some of this bigotry we can do the same thing with gender differences and everything else and start understanding people rather than this group's an asshole or that group's an asshole and it's just this simple it's so much easier for the brain to just make these broad sweeps and these broad generalizations it makes no and, sense these like it bothered me so much last night that i want i wanted to be like wanted to be i wanted to tweet something and then i was like fuck that it doesn't bother me that much and i don't really care and you know what she wants she's trying i guess she's trying to talk to the people that will hear that that's who she's trying to talk to she shouldn't give a fuck about change about real change why not say like this is exciting real change is happening and we can take this and we can keep going with this and we can embolden empathy in everybody and understand that that we're all just human and we can get along like rather than being like hey fuck man or patriarchy or whatever or winning homecoming court and then going i told you my friends rule this school yeah yeah and you're like what yeah i know like you gotta like dial it back to fucking homecoming queen you want homecoming queen or king when in whatever case you want it to be jill salalaway or whatever her name is right you want it how do you want to how do you want to receive that award right and now granted she's like well i got a platform and i want to use this platform to further my cause which is uh patriarchy runs our society and it doesn't need to be that way yeah it doesn't it doesn't but it's still gonna run the society tomorrow and you just lost a bunch of people you could have switched over that would have really moved this this i mean and, and now granted maybe it's just i hear topple patriarchy and it rubs me wrong so that's me right that's, that's she's basically saying i don't like you yeah yeah Bas- i mean and and we've talked about this before too the idea of when you're in position of power if you if you want everyone to come together the people in the position of power need to do their best to take perspective and the people that are lower they need to give perspective i think she's giving i think she she must be lower because she's only giving perspective right right she's not really taking it per se in my opinion right. not that's only coming from a guy who's who i, I and I will, I will just say this like uh i i think my entire life starting it i'll say starting it like uh, maybe my entire life it's there's been a move by society for me to take perspective right now i was i think i was born <clears throat> in the time when white men needed to understand the effects of their behavior right and so like and I, I, i'm not saying that i was always good but my whole path was always t- like hey you need to realize this is this you can't do that that's sexist that's racist that's you know and so like i've been forced to take perspective much more than say a cornerback like right. a, a a black cornerback and i only say that because there's a lot of times i fucking listen to espn and they talk about gay rights and you just see some fucking cornerback on there like hey man i believe in the bible and i believe oh and no one says a fucking word because he's allowed to say whatever the fuck he wants yeah yeah. i believe it a, a man is a man I, it ain't nothing but a dog fight fuck that man sometimes you got to hit your kids all these statements yeah, that yeah. i was forced to take perspective on they've never been forced to take perspective on right. clearly and I don't think it's I, – I just think that's clearly what's going on. And and so I, in that pers- in that moment, I'd go, if I got up on stage and got Miami and 
I, I definitely. So we just need to hit kids more. Yeah. I and just want to. Thanks for the award. We just need to hit kids more. Like if, I, if I got up there and I was like, I was like, you guys got to realize I'm a white man and I'm not racist. I don't beat the fuck out of my wife. Yeah. And like 20 years I could have. Right men rock. Like that would have been, everyone been like, what the fuck? But it's also a little bit like because I had an upbringing in my my small Wisconsin town where I was surrounded by so much bigotry, and I I was a bigot. I was absolutely yeah. a bigot growing up, and I had to work to like get past that. I know I still harbor not intentionally, but I know that I still harbor some uh, you, you know like I, I just like gut reactions, like my first gut instinct. Even, even <coughs> I remember I was walking. I, I was walking, uh, or I was driving by in my hometown, by my by my old park, and um, and I saw all these all these monks, um, uh, Laotians. Uh, they, yeah, they yeah, yeah. They, the, it's the hill people. They they only came to like my hometown lacrosse in Minneapolis, so they're like really concentrated in that area. I met monks for the first time at the Denver Improv. And yeah, it was described to me that they lived up in the hills. Whereas the Laotians and Cambodians did not, yeah, and these are like they talked about them in like Grand Torino, yeah. So and uh, and I was I was walking, I just it was interesting because I just saw all these monks playing volleyball. I didn't have any problem with this whatsoever, but I was like, oh, that's weird, a bunch of monks. But I was like, well, if it's a bunch of white people, it would that it would have never even. I would have drove right by, would have never even noticed them. Yeah. But it's interesting that your brain will just and I wasn't. Obviously, I'm not the great good for that. I never you, you, had you, a, never, you never said anything negative. No, you no, just definitely I just, perceived I just that noticed, moment. Yeah, you know, you noticed where you wouldn't have noticed if it was something. Yeah, else. exactly. And and so so to get past that is hard. And I and I kind of resent some of some of these like some some of the liberals that were raised by you know professors and and privileged enough to be in that environment and and yeah they they are right that we uh, that that bigotry is a problem and everything else but they didn't have to come to that conclusion on their own and they were raised that way and they act like everyone else is stupid for not understanding it yeah. rather than understanding that it's it's going to take a lot of work for us it's going to take a lot this. of work and a lot of inclusion a lot of people going no no i get it you know what it is? It's like if someone tells you a racist joke, the way to change that person, number one, isn't by laughing. Yeah. Number two, isn't by going, fuck you, man. I got a black friend. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's somewhere in between there. Yeah. And going, hey, like just making them feel enough uncomfortable that they never do it again. But 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 uncomfortable in a way like, yeah. hey, you didn't ruin you're – not, you're not shamed. I'm not going to tell anyone. Like it's just about fucking change is not – Change is yeah. Change happens at the end of a sword, but it also happens with a hug. You yeah. know, like it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And, and the thing I'd say about like, and, and I think this is the thing, but like, so the most liberal person in the world who says, who says, you know, just like you said with that that shot cop shooting thing, who goes, no, I, I, I would never judge a person based on their skin color ever. Yeah. Well, then when when someone tries to break in your house and they happen to be Mexican or black, and then and then. And, and, and I always say the streets come to your front door. It's amazing how quickly Donald Trump's rhetoric plugs right into that moment where you're just like, where you're like, all of a sudden you become a fear monging, like almost bigot. Like you become, you're, 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 you just shut down and you're like, you're like, uh, like we, it was so funny. It's so funny. We were at a barbecue the other day. It was just me and another family, all, all white. And a uh, black dude just walked in the house. Mm-hmm. 
I just walked in the house and like just walked in. It was like, what's up? And it was like, oh fuck, this is how that happens. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just it's that moment of like, what's up? And we were like, can we help you? And he was like, I mean, dude, he's he walked in the house. We're in the backyard. He's just walked into the backyard. Yeah. What's up? And we're like, can we help you? And he's like, no. And we were like, okay. And he was like, uh, where's Steve? And we were like, excuse me? He was like, is Steve still in the back house? And we're like, no. There's no Steve here. And he was like, wait, what's the address here? And we told him, and he was like, oh, my God, I'm supposed to be next door. Yeah, yeah. He was supposed to go to next door. but And and in his theory, his the guy he was seeing lives in the back house. He knows that there's a family there. He just – he was being very yeah. normal. Had it been a white guy, we would have said the same fucking thing. Yeah, Had it yeah. been any color, he just happened to be black. Right. And in that moment, you could see – like you were like, oh, there's so many parts of society, the bad parts of society that are coming to play in this moment. Yeah. In this moment – there's fuck I mean and I think that we can eventually change the conversation away from like race and black and white and all that and, and just talk about so there's where a lot of this stuff stems from I've been talking a lot on my podcast lately I've, I've had some episodes on on personality traits there's actually this great you should fire up your computer and 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 do this um there's this uh apply magic sauce and and uh dot com and and it will you just give it access to your facebook and it will it will just in a matter of seconds go through your facebook likes and then determine your kind of personality and your age and your oh i want to do this your, right now your uh yeah if you have your computer handy you should we don't have um, wi-fi back here oh that's okay but <clears throat> but so so there's these um and and that's not perfect because the way people like things on facebook sometimes no if, it will it tell me really quick you are friends with racists <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. all that all that comes up is uh you know that girl i, I don't know if you know this girl uh she is – I wish I knew her name. She reminds me of Britt McHenry, the girl from ESPN. Mm-hmm. She's a blonde girl. She does a thing called um, – and it's basically just giving very conservative views but very angry and she's really hot. And it's on Facebook and all my friends do is repost that. And it's just this fucking bitch who's like, let me tell you something, Hillary. Your basket of deplorables are police officers and cops. And, you know, yeah, and then yeah. you're, like, you're like, easy, honey. Like, yeah. And so, but that's like, that's all my friends do is post fucking <laughs> horrible shit. Yeah, but it's more like what you've liked is like fan pages, like what you're a fan of on there, like what different, what bands you're into and that sort of thing. Oh, so is it what and, I like? Yeah, yeah. Like the fan pages that you You can liked. determine who I am. You can determine who I would have been had I not left Florida Yeah, by my Facebook. You yeah, yeah. Like, wow. So you would have had a boat. You yeah. have a truck. Yeah, yeah. You you definitely would be Republican, right? Like, uh, oh yeah, I was the same. I was the same way. But so so these the, these the thing I've been talking and we dude, we should come on some sometime. I should uh, I should do it with you. There's like this survey we could just walk through, and then I can send it off to a scientist and tell you what your results are. So oh, there's please. this. It'd be fun. There's this big five personality indicator, and it's kind of like Myers Briggs. You maybe heard of. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, but Myers Briggs is kind of no one uses it anymore. That's legitimately. But so so the big 
five personality traits that are pretty easy to measure and it's not perfect or anything, but it does a nice job of summing up a person's personality. And just as I talk about them, you'll kind of figure out where you fall on this. So there's conscientiousness is, is one. And that's, um, and that's, so I'm, I'm very low in conscientiousness. So I'm very messy and I'm very disorganized. It's asking you questions like that. Like how, 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 how um, I consider myself a very organized person, and you put like strongly no, disagree or that sort of remotely. thing is the kind of questions it's asked asking. And then there's um, agreeableness. I'm kind of low in I'm agreeableness. Agreeable. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you are a very agreeable guy. I'm hardcore like, agreeable. I'm I'm uh, I I, I kind of tend to disagree with people. I like arguing. I just love arguing with people. Yeah. I'm a highly skeptical person. I don't like confrontation. Um. Oh, I don't like competition either. No, but. I don't mind competition. I don't like confrontation. Oh, confrontation. Like, I'm yeah, very yeah. competitive. Yeah. Like, I mean, meaning like, like, like we started going to CrossFit and I definitely get the competition part of it. Uh, but it's, it's the part I don't get is CrossFit uh, pretends to say that, you know, we're a team. We're all a team. We got to support each other and do better. Right. And you're competing against yourself. No, I'm competing against the guy that's cheating. Yeah, yeah the guy yeah. that's cheating. I'm like, I'm like, fuck you, man. Yeah, like you know. So I don't know. So yeah, uh, but I'm hardcore. I don't like confrontation at all. Yeah, I, uh, I I don't mind confrontation here and there. But so then there's neuroticism and stability, which is kind of like where you are with like paranoia and how much you kind of think about yourself. And I'm I'm in I'm, the middle there. I'm high end on that one. Yeah. So I'm I, I'm like uh, so I I'm not I'm not unstable, but I'm not particularly stable as well. And then there's extroversion, which I'm also in the middle of. I'm like, high end on that. You're high on extroversion, which. In our modern society is probably like a good thing. So the reason why there's varying levels and why one hasn't like evolved out or whatever is because it's good to have these spectrums of it and different personality traits fit well in different situations. So I, I'm just happy enough being by myself as I am being like the center of attention doing stand up. And then the one that I want to talk about that that has to do with the conversation that we're having is openness, which is kind of your your tolerance for for novelty essentially and so if if you're in ambiguity so if you're if you're very high in openness which i'd say you're probably pretty high i'm probably higher than you like you you can't you can't get not only are you not averse to novel situations but you just can't get enough of them oh you're pretty high like on what's the, a novel situation like like, <gasps> like love traveling love adventure love new restaurants yeah. and 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 just can't get enough of, like love meeting new people and and the downside of this is these people tend to be uh tend to get themselves like in trouble with the law because they don't have that much respect for authority because you tend to be highly inquisitive and question oh, i'm probably lower on that like yeah. I, like there was a there was a point when I was when I was in college when we were backpacking where I was like I was like where the the novelty of the beginning of it where everyone's got an interesting story and everyone wants to travel and see the world and every day is a new adventure and then like two months in I'm like oh everyone's got the exact same story like yeah. everyone's doing only shit they've heard no one's really original yeah they're all yeah. just like man I. Everyone's got the exact. And I was like, "Oh, this fucking blows." Uh, well, I bet you're high on it. I mean, you yeah. show on the Travel Channel. Yeah. So, you know, I I don't know. I might be a little higher than you. Probably I'll a lot higher. Get, like I'm an adrenaline junkie. I'll yeah. smoke DMT like no one's business and like stuff like that. And, and but 
So then there's people that are very, very low, and that's the opposite extreme. And these are people like, you know, your hometown is the best. There's no sense in traveling outside of it. Outsiders are very scary to you. Yeah. And your, uh, the church that you're brought in is absolutely the right. These other religions seem completely insane. You don't understand why anyone else would believe it. But yep. yours is absolutely true. It's not a metaphor for anything. It's the absolute truth. It's the, that yep. Noah's Ark really that's, did that's happen. Where I, that's my wife's hometown. And, yeah, and... and and this is like your country's the best country. You've never been to another country, but you know it's the best because you have the best sports. Those other sports seem silly. And 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 if you're one of these people, like you love laws. So like you can't get – I wish they were a little stricter so everyone would follow them. But laws are just the best. Life gives you this <laughs> nice little playbook to live by. And doesn't that make yeah. life so much simpler? And a lot of these people are pillars of the community just because, the, you know, they're kind of – they buy into like whatever society says to do and they follow along. And, and – um, and so if you're low in this and, – and part of the reason is, is – and these can be triggered by a bunch of different things. So you, even just physiologically, your, your disease avoidance kind of uh, – we, we have kind of a sub-self in our head for avoiding diseases. So if you have – if you live in a high parasitic environment um, – one, you probably eat spicier food because it's antimicrobial. So they look at where who eats the most spices, and India eats because they have there's lots of diseases in their environment. It's very hot and humid climate, and and then there's there's uh, like Iceland. They eat very bland food because they don't need it as much for their immune system. And so these things can be tweaked in various ways. So if the the thinking is is if if you have either a low immune system or you're in a fragile state or a threatened state, like a bad neighborhood or uh, uh, like in your immediate environment, there's already a lot of danger either to your immune system or just your, your livelihood or your well-being or whatever. You will be lower in openness. And these are pretty flexible too, because, because if your immune system's already doing everything it can to keep up with the diseases that you're that are in your environment, you don't want to be going out into new environments and having to deal with a whole nother set of diseases. And so, so people that are in these, like, which is the South has like a lot more bacteria just because it's uh, the, the warm weather is better for, um, bacteria and, and, uh, like places like Louisiana, there are a lot of swamps and stuff around. Your immune system's under attack all the time. If you're an old person in a nursing home and you're dying and you're already you're you're going to be automatically more adverse to outsiders so you can trigger this in people you can show people pictures of like uh, of like poop or something disgusting to kind of prime this like hey look out there's diseases around here yeah. and then you can give them surveys on like what do you think about gay marriage or affirmative action and if you trigger them and prime them with that they will be more against gay marriage and more against affirmative action than they would be normally and so wow so if we start thinking about our prejudice in this way and then start understanding that as a society, we're misperceiving <clears throat> threats and, and the world's safer than it is. And if we get out and meet more people and have more experiences, we'll expand our knowledge base and we'll start to have more empathy for others. We can all become a bit more open. That's actually one of the things that psychedelics does is – highly tested one one dose of psychedelics and most people will will rate higher in openness for at least a year and possibly the rest of their lives which i think is why psychedelics got um 
scheduled in the first place in the 60s because they didn't want that. Well, if if you're a law follower or a lawmaker, these low uh, these low openness people are your favorite people because they love laws. They follow yeah. right along with them. Now they're doing people are doing psychedelics. You're losing some of those people, and and now all of a sudden women want rights out of nowhere. We already have a place for them in the kitchen. You know, it's so easy. Yeah, and like these uh, people with different colored. Sp- pigmented skin rights and and no one wants to go to war anymore like the whole world is falling apart and that's when all the 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 scheduling of psychedelics um came in but once people start understanding all this stuff they'll be able to go oh i see i'm my my bigotries my fears are only hurting myself because now I'm not going out. I'm not traveling. I'm not getting to know more of the world. I'm not taking in new ideas. I'm not thinking about the future because there's nothing more ambiguous than the future. So the future is so scary to these people. So all these people want to go back. The, the, the past was the best because you already got yeah. through it. Can't we just live <clears throat> that over and over again? The founding fathers were these infallible deities that knew everything. And, and can't we just let's make America great again because it used to be great because yeah. you already got through that. The future is terrifying no matter what the future is. The future is terrifying to someone who's not inclusive. Right. Because the, the future is transgender, gay, Diversity. black, Mexican, Asian, white, white people. I, I used to have a joke about it, and I wish I never liked the joke, but I, but I used to tell it, and it would get a good response. But I never really liked it because I felt like it was weak or it was cheap. But like white people are going out of style. Like they're gonna, go, they're just gonna fade into oblivion. There's, I mean, like there was a time I'm sure there was tons of redheads. You can't find fucking redheads anymore. Yeah. Like there's, I mean. I I think it's exciting to me, and and I I think that because because once there's not the once there's not such a dominance, I think that there will once we start mixing together a little more, we're going to have such more understanding for others. We're going to be so much more accepting of others, and once we do that, we're going to learn more because we're going to be getting a lot more different perspectives from people. I get it. Like I, you know, we get frustrated as a comedian. You see. Uh, you see, um, I, I think they did when um, they did a study of when comics catch their breaks, and females catch, like go to Montreal, I think, and females will go to Montreal like three and a half years in, black dudes five years in, straight white males like seven years in, or something like that. Yeah, and um, and you know, if you're a straight white, white male, you might be like, oh, that's not fair, blah blah blah. But as a society, we we want. If you're making entertainment, you need to think of something new and you need to be bringing new perspectives all the time. And that's where a lot of this diversity stuff is coming from. And, yeah. and, and once we do get more of that – so the problem with it is sometimes some of these people are getting breaks too early and they're not ready for it. I well, that's, the, 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 I, that is 100% the problem is that technically we're all the exact – I mean technically we all, the, all are, are all the same. And it's not that black comics or female comics are more talented. No, they're, no. And so, that, that so their industry's <clears throat> hungry for diversity. So they're so they're yeah. So they're presented an opportunity a lot quicker, but they're forced to keep up with the stream, which is seven-year black, white comics yeah. who are better than three-year black comics and three-year female comics. There was this girl in in Boston. I won't say her name. I don't know how she's doing. She might be doing great for all I know. But I she was like six years. So she was an Arabian. Uh, lesbian. 
I bet we could find out who that is pretty quickly. And <laughs> within like six months, she was like getting on fucking Ellen and like er- is, no one's funny. Six. It, it. I don't care. That's what. Oh, that's what, what Ari said you. about Schumer. Yeah. He's like she's a funny ten year comic, but he's like she's not the spokesman. She's not the funniest comic in the world. She's not someone. I. He's like she's not someone I care to sit around and watch. Yeah. And and you know the truth about Amy is I think Amy's very funny and I think Amy's very smart and and I, but I, for my money, if I'm going to watch an hour, I think she'd probably agree. Sarah's fucking a lot more competent. Yeah, because she's and been at so it for Tig. 20 fucking and years. And so is, yeah, yeah. you know, so is someone who's been doing it longer. Yeah, that's all it is, is experience. Yeah, it's just experience. And 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 I hate to say this, but I probably want to watch Ari over Amy. Because Ari's been doing it longer. And he's just, and it's just more, I'd want to watch Bill over Amy. Amy would want to watch Bill over Amy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not I'm not shitting on Amy. I, and by the way, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't mean to discount any of the stuff that she's doing or say that she's not talented. Yeah, yeah. That's not that's not no, it at all. It's just saying talented. like it's like hey. That's why, you know, that's what what's so interesting about when you do these big tours is like the, we do the oddball tour and it's like sometimes you got a guy headlining who's not funny but he's famous and then people walk out. Right. And people are like, "Well, that guy fucking sucks." Yeah, yeah. You know, fame fame comes to people at different times for different reasons. And it doesn't have anything to do with talent. Sometimes That's, I, I'm not talking about Amy. I'm just talking about I'm talking about like, like, like. Uh, no, I I remember. Let's use <coughs> use this since fuck it. He's he's fucking doing great. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying this because he just simply wasn't a stand up comic. I opened for Joel McHale some. So let's let's take let's use a straight white guy example good looking white guy uh, so i i opened for him a bit when he was just i mean he'd been doing stand-up for like a year yeah. or something like that he's a funny talented dude he has great stage presence you know from all of his other experience doing other things and acting and whatnot but his material what his material might have been of like a three-year comic or a four-year comic yeah. and which is great if you're one year in but he's filling theaters full of people and people uh, would be and and this doesn't mean anything but i mean i just knew my material was better than his because i'd been at it for 10 years eight years at the time or whatever and and that's all it makes all the difference in the world steve-o is a perfect example yeah very 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 i I, you got to give it to him for doing it and getting out there and and trying it but for the at the same time you know I, it, would he be doing stand-up had he not been on Jackass? Probably not. Is it more like an angle for him to make money? Like I don't think he has a passion about stand-up. Right. Like I have a passion right, about right. stand-up. I'd, I'd be interested to know could he quote like any Mitch Hedberg jokes? Like I think any comic, right? Any comic could probably do maybe fifteen minutes of Mitch, Mitch Hedberg <laughs> yeah, jokes. Yeah, yeah. But does he know? Could he quote an Attell joke? Could he go through and recite Attell bits? Does Does he know a Chappelle joke other than "I'm rich, bitch," which is yeah, not yeah. a Chappelle joke? Like that's you know, if you have a passion about stand up, then you do. And 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 you know, to, just to go back, so I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on Amy, but like she is a passionate stand up. She yeah, stand up yeah. is what her passion is. Right now, I don't know where she's going to go from here because I don't. I, I think she's going to be done stand up. I think she's done stand up. I think yeah. it offers too much 
criticism because the internet just seems to fucking hate her. Like it, it seems like she gets shit on so much, and I think it's because she's a stand up. Once you're stand up, you you offer yourself out there so much. Yeah, people are just people are very very critical of stand up, dude. It you know you can't. I'm, I mean, everyone that listens to my podcast fucking loves it. You know, yeah. and, and it's not like my it's not like my podcast is fucking tight. You know, it's not like it's like my stand up is. Yeah, but I put my stand up out there. And you'll get fucking reamed by people, you know? Reamed. And people that they didn't, the joke wasn't intended for them to get angry, but they get angry. And then all of a sudden they're fucking legit infuriated. Yeah. And, and you know, you look at, I mean, you look at like the uh, the Amy and Metzger thing that went, went down. <coughs> all she was doing was saying, he's a comic, he's different than I am. Why the fuck were people attacking Amy? The yeah, fuck? Yeah. She doesn't, she's not writing, cutting the guy a check every week. Yeah, yeah. And Kurt's, I fucking love Kurt Metzger. And I don't agree with what he said. I There's parts of it where I go, well, I don't know, Kurt. I think some of, the, some of that's the problem when you, like, put yourself in this. I, I was worried about that years ago. It's why I changed my act. Was once you get yourself in this place of, like, I'm going to be the shock value. I don't care. I'll say anything. Like, you got to really like, not ideas. give a fuck. You, you got to legit not give a fuck to be that guy. Like, legit. Yeah. Like, Kurt legit doesn't give a fuck. And then you become biased in your own way, and now you are saying, like, fucking insensitive shit just for the sake of it, and it's, like, not clever. And because that's, not because that, because that's the way like you're... Your fucking thing. Yeah. It's, you know, I... God, man, I slept on my arm wrong. It fucking is killing me. Um, I try this kratom, bro. Yeah, I wish. I have a fucking busy goddamn day. I have, uh... I've got to do two other podcasts and go to a screening. I'm, I, I've just come in here and push drugs on you. Yeah, fucking smoke mm-hmm. cotton candy. What is that? It's a it's a vape pen. I'm I'm trying to quit smoking cigarettes and uh, or, or a vaporizer, not a vape pen. Um, yeah, this is this is like some <laughs> breakfast cereal kind or something. I should have asked if it I can. Smells fucking so vape fucking bizarre. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. uh, it's delicious. Sorry, I'll, I'll quit. No, the, it's such a it's the, I, there's going to be a huge fucking comeuppance on those vape pens. Yeah, because you are billowing smoke. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. it's so much different. Like I I, I, would, I wish they do studies right now. At least it smells decent. It doesn't smell like I don't cigarette. know. I gotta be dead honest with you. I almost like the smell of a cigarette more. <laughs> like I'm being dead serious. I'm sorry, I'll no, stop no, no, no. right oh, now. Shit, I think I just ripped. The, oh no, no. But I mean, being serious, like. I, I almost like like I should have asked. No, I feel no, like no. such an asshole. Don't don't worry about it. But like but like being serious, like like I'm gonna be hanging out with Stanhope tonight. Yeah. I almost like when he smokes cigarettes. Yeah. Like I love the smell of it. Like I don't like to to kiss someone who smokes cigarettes. Yeah. yeah. But like we probably won't kiss tonight. But but you'll, like you'll probably I, we've kissed before. Yeah. The but like the smell of cigarettes got like a nobility to it. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's almost like. Uh, I don't know, man. I've, I haven't had a cigarette in like three weeks, and I already don't like the smell of them. Maybe it's just because I'm like, fuck, what was I doing? Well, that was yeah, so I don't stupid. like. I don't like walking behind a cigarette. Yeah. Like, I don't like walking behind a cigarette. And I guess, theoretically, if you were smoking cigarettes in here, it would be a lot more offensive than breakfast cereal. Well, this, this shit doesn't <laughs> stick around. It's just vapor. It won't, like, like stick on your It's so bizarre. Like, there's a guy, uh, Bill Blank, who works in uh, in Des Moines. And he was like, I don't even think he was trying to quit smoking i think he was just trying to start vaping and he was in the room <laughs> Why would you do, like i want to not vape eventually like there was we were in a room that was in the green room in des moines you've seen that room it's tiny yeah, yeah. and he's just smoking cotton candy yeah, and i yeah. was like i was like it's such a 
it vape pens have such a like like there's no like uh like do you remember pipes yeah, yeah. Pipes smelled fucking great. Yeah, pipes pipes still smell Like right. I remember Eric Nupple's yeah. dad used to smoke a pipe and you'd go into his office and it was like two double doors would open up and uh hang on one second, let me just make sure that this isn't no problem work. Hey, it's Bert. Hey Bert, how's it going? How are it's Alex. Hey Alex, I'm doing a podcast. Can I call you back? Oh yeah, do your thing. I'll ever give you a call later. Okay, bye. Um I'm I'm so over i'm leaving for like a while in a couple days yeah yeah and uh and i'm jam packing everything in like three days yeah and i'm yeah. like i i'm looking at my schedule going like i know i'm forgetting something i know i'm I fucking know. forgetting something i know um Me too. but like <clears throat> pipes were amazing cigars i love the smell of cigars yeah. when i go into a cigar shop i'm like fuck i love the smell like yeah the, it's it's like a it's like a nice fireplace or and something. And I like, like going that. into like the candy store in in DFW. Like I like that smell, but I don't know if I'd like the smell of a vape shop. Yeah. Like do you yeah. have to go to a vape shop to get that? Yeah, I mean, I think I could probably order it online. I'm, you go I'm to very vape new to uh, No, no. I mean, I I'm I'm not like I I I'm not uh I I'm not romanticizing vaping in my head. I'm just like doing whatever I can to not smoke <coughs> cigarettes. Really? And w- within two days of vaping, I already felt so much better. Really? I, my lungs felt better. My throat felt better. My mouth doesn't taste like shit constantly. And, um, and now how often are you hitting it? Oh, uh, like, you know, you've been watching me. This is like a normal amount, really? I'd say. Yeah, like so you smoke quite, it throughout the quite day? Quite a bit, yeah, throughout the day. Um, I, I do feel like it affects my circulation a little bit, and I looked online, and I guess that can be a thing. What do you mean? There's also some sort of popcorn lung thing, like it coats your lungs with some shit. Uh, but I guess there's this different chemical. I haven't looked into it yet. A professor I had on sent me a paper that I haven't had time to read. And I guess you can get stuff that doesn't have this p- particular chemical. I guess it's like this chemical that they used to put in popcorn. And then they realized that it was it was bad for people and causing problems. And it's now like illegal to put in popcorn. But it's in vape pens. So now you're inhaling this shit that's like coating your lungs with this like weird oily vape stuff really that i guess is like not not good for you but it's it's still not as bad as cigarettes so it's a, it, it's just a step in the right direction <coughs> i i'm hoping i'm probably gonna have to vape like through my tour because i'm gonna be like driving every day and that's when i want to like smoke what about the most. chewing tobacco no way man <laughs> uh I, I i mean i i chew once in a while Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Once in a while, I chew, but I, I don't. Uh, I, it's messy and it's gross. And, oh, I love uh, chewing tobacco. Yeah, yeah. I, how often do you do it? I haven't done it in I haven't done it in twelve years, thirteen years. Oh, you, so you used to chew regularly? Yeah. Okay. You, and you never smoke cigarettes? Yeah, I did. I told I told George that last night. I told George I used to smoke in college. Yeah. I just like you know. Just, and then you you just quit, no problem. Just quit. I just quit. It's amazing. I well, quit for three years. I started again once I started drinking again last year. Really? And, and I don't regret starting drinking again. I regret fucking smoking cigarettes again. But. My thing is cigars. I'm going to probably have a cigar today. Um, I'm going to work out and have a cigar. I love cigars. Mm-hmm. I love cigars. Um, but I've been I've been away from cigars for the past six weeks just because I'm like, I'm like, I'm trying to get healthy. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't... Like there's a there's a part of me that goes. What are you doing to try to get healthy? Uh, doing CrossFit and running. Yeah, like I ran four miles yesterday. I don't know if I'll ever be able to do CrossFit again, but I loved it. I was in the best shape of my life when I really. Was doing you could it. do CrossFit, couldn't you? 
mm, I can't run or jump. I mean, they they could do. I could get on the rail machine when people are running. Yeah. And uh, but I can't like do box jumps. Maybe maybe I could like jump rope or something. Um, but I I can't like the one. It just literally yeah. I can't I can't do it. CrossFit was is interesting because there's and then there's a thing that I and I will like to go back to what we were talking about a tad bit, but like um, sexism. And like, and ha- my the difference of my perspective of a female CrossFit trainer versus a male CrossFit trainer. Male CrossFit trainers, I believe, are inherent in the alpha. Yeah, yeah. they have the alpha trait, so they they look at you as a man or me as a man, and they don't mind uh, lowering me. Hey, you know what? Yeah. Let's start off with no, low weight. I don't. We don't want you to get hurt. Right. And 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 they don't have a problem doing that. To, uh, they don't have a problem alphaing me. Um, in that sense, because it's from, I don't know, it's, I'm sure it's something that, that has to do with the fucking, with the predator world or whatever, but w- women CrossFit trainers have a, almost don't have a perspective of like, Hey, d- Hey, let's lighten that up. I preferred my female trainers more. I just, th- I don't know. I just think that females are better communicators. I feel like, nicer. so I feel like too, and but when it comes I, to weightlifting, like I, I like this my female. agent's a female right now. Oh, all, like, all my whole team's I, females. I want my whole team to be, fe- sorry, my, my, well, my fucking manager's not listening right now yeah. anyway, but I want my whole, I want to have a female publicist. I want my whole team. To, oh yeah. I, just I love, better I love working with females, but when it comes to, crossfit like this this female uh was my was my crossfit coach and uh we were doing uh we were doing uh uh oh uh, good mornings where you you know you, you bend over you put the weight over your shoulders and then you basically bend at like a 90 degree you bend your chest down yeah uh, to get your chest parallel to the ground and then raise back up and by the way, an exercise I think that you could probably get hurt pretty easily doing. Yeah, yeah. And um, all the guys were putting on like 95 pounds to do it. Right. And I was like, I think I'm going to go 75. She's like, no, you can do 95. And I was like, I'm gonna, I, in my head, I'm like, I, I'm going to stick with 75 because I've never done these. I've never done them ever yeah, in my yeah. life. And I think maybe I should start. That's she's the like, well, problem with CrossFit in general. Yeah. And she's like, well, no, look at him. He's doing 95. Like, you're bigger than he is. And I was like, no, that's that's not how this works. Like. But a male is like, you know what? Like almost like he doesn't mind being like, you know what? That's right, you're a bitch. Do seventy five. You know, do seventy fives. Like, and and I don't know. Maybe it's just this one person. I'm sure it's just this one person, and I generalize all of it. But like, well, maybe maybe it's uh, yeah, maybe it's just that female. And it was that one experience where I was like, and then that same day we were doing box jumps, and I guess everyone was doing it. There's the boxes. You can you can make a box like I think twenty two inches or. Uh, 18 inches mm-hmm. based on the way you turn it and I was like I've never done a box jump I'm going to start at 18 I'm going to start at 18 and you know I'm also 240 pounds leaping 240 pounds up in the air 22 inches is pretty tough Yeah. and she was like no you can do 20, do 22 that's the RX and I was like well yeah, I know but these, this was actually my second day of ever doing CrossFit Yeah. and I was like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, like, no, to try going start small man yeah, I was don't like, listen to anyone but that's, that's trying to yeah. get a- and I was like I was like and but and this is just one person. It could be the person, but I was yeah. like, I was it like, sounds like probably just the person. It probably is just the person. But do you like how it feels good to generalize? <laughs> I mean, it's just simpler for the brain it's to generalize. So, but what that, is it? That, what is it about generalizing it, that makes it? It's like 
it's very it, it, it's easy it's it's uh it's just that it's very difficult to understand all of the nuances of life and to get to understand each and every individual person is very very difficult so we make these assumptions and there's all these little tricks that we use like females they, they'll give females tests where they'll they'll put take a picture of you and they'll, they'll show you just a picture of you and then they'll show you a picture of you in front of like a sports car or surrounded by five other women and those those women will pick the picture of you surrounded by like the sports car or the five other women because you're gaining more information from that you're going you're you're and you don't realize that you're consciously doing this but you go oh well if five other women are talking to this guy he must be a decent guy or really interesting or, or have some values or traits that are attractive. Yeah. They've all, it's, it's kind of like getting a referral for a job. Yeah. You, you know, like you, are, you have these references in these five other women. Or if you have this nice sports car, it means you have enough money. Theoretically, you have enough money that you're able to burn on this ridiculous item. You know, and, and so you're just you're able to make this generalization and be like oh well he he's probably more attractive than than just a picture of you then you gotta be like well what's this guy like how is he an honest person is he funny you know the, just based on a picture you have no other information it's so weird it's so weird because like people who you know it's like i i, I i'm sure i've told this story before a little bit but like People who are so anti uh, bigotry, you know. I assume anyone in the LBGT community is anti bigotry. Right. I'm assuming that if you are, if they, if you're spending your time donating your time to LBGT stuff or to like women's causes, mm-hmm. like if you're if you're a feminist, I assume you're also not racist. Right. Like I just assume that. But that's not the case. You can be a feminist and totally be racist. Oh yeah, but, but black dudes are racist. Mexicans yeah. are racist. Like it's, it's, like, but, like, this, just, this is an ingrown. Uh, this is an inherent. This is part of the human condition. Yeah, and something we're all going to have to figure out. I walked out of the. I walked out of Gelson's the other day, and there's a guy like a, a soft boy, like <laughs> like just you know like soft gay boy. Like, yeah, yeah. Just very like. You could you could tell high school wasn't easy for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, doesn't even like fit in the cool gay clothes. Like, right. Just kind of falling out of his khakis that are a little high watering and right. And like very feminine affectations. And I walk by him, and he just goes, "I go, hey, uh, can I?" I like he's getting people to sign waivers, and he just looks at me and just passes. <laughs> and he's like, and I go, I guess I'm not. I don't look like the thing you're selling. And he goes, no. And I went, okay, so f- for your time management, it's okay to be racist. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't want to waste your time. I mean... If, it- and if you're willing to use it for time management, I guarantee you use it in traffic. And if you use it in traffic, I guarantee you use it when you're by yourself. I mean, I I find my... You know, I make fun of, like, Trump supporters and, like, you know... the At least these, you know the Trump no. supporters are fucking filled with hate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I not mean, saying obviously. all of them, but, it, like, you know, for a fact that at least you they go... They don't filled like, with enough hate <laughs> where you're tolerating the kind of hate that's being put out there. I mean, there. yeah, like, at least you know where they come from. Yeah. These fucking liberals who are fucking racist yeah. and bigots, that infuriates me because I go, hey, man, I'm... I'm, I've never once said I'm on a, ever, any side of the fence, but I can tell you I want everyone to have the most perfect life they can. I want everyone to achieve everything they can. I want everyone to laugh. That's my only goal is to make 
everyone fucking laugh. That is my only goal. By definition, yeah. I love everyone. Yeah. I want I I don't go like I just want white people to get this one. Yeah, yeah. And and I think there's some like feminist comics that just want women to laugh. They fuck you, man. I and you're so, like, sometimes I've been, I've been on shows or like someone or even the host or whatever is like a hardcore feminist and just talking about how horrible men are and then like i'm going up right after and like you invited me on your show and you say all that shit and then bring me out and it's like what am i supposed to do here apologize like i'm sorry I'm like, can you, yeah. dude. and like you know it, it, it is ridiculous and, and then <laughs> and then to, and and then to think because i do this myself this is where it's going with this was was like i'll, I'll be like oh it's a, these stupid hillbillies are the problem but these are people that also didn't have that were poor and didn't have an education, and these are the people that I I claim to care about. People that haven't had access to the education that they should have. People that didn't have access to the resources that they should have growing up, and because they, they were just born in warm, warm climates, yeah, and they yeah. got all those microbes all over them. Exactly. Let me, I, it's I, as simple I, as that. It's I I try to veer away from um, anything. That's not inclusive in my stand-up these days because I, I think I started talking about having kids and I, I, I had a joke one time that I was like, it's so funny. The older you get, the more you realize we're all we're all just we all are very primal. We all want the same shit. Mm-hmm. I want a fucking cool. I want a cool house that I can just chill out in and I feel comfortable. I want to make sure that my kids are taken care of. Number one, my kids taken care of that they don't want for anything. Um, that they're healthy, that that uh, I can provide for them. I'd like a, I like some nicer stuff, you know. Like I, that's like I think very primal, and that's it. Black, white, Mexican, Asian, fucking Eskimo, which I think might be a hate slur, but <laughs> I don't even know if you're allowed. To, I think you'd have to say Inuit or yeah, native, yeah. <laughs> native, native, native Alaskan. But like, that's all you really give a fuck about is those those primal fucking instincts. Yeah, and and so a lot of times, like I don't mind being honest about. Things like I, I just like I don't even do it, but like I don't mind being honest about racial issues or in my from my perspective. But I'm never honest in a sense. Like I guess my honesty doesn't reside in in making people feel like they're outsiders, right? Then and I, I look at like what I can only assume that if you are feminist, you're liberal, and if you're liberal, you're not racist. But I find this so non inclusive. Mm-hmm. Like and I go. That's hey, that's kind of the thing about racism is we don't want like don't you get that like yeah and then and then hey do you not want everyone to laugh because like I want to laugh but like and I, I I can find humor in all of it right like I, but like and I'm not saying hey go up and talk about your cereal like for I don't you don't have, you know do some Seinfeld shit talk about your experience and if your voice is to talk about it in an angry way I get it but. Don't you want to kind of like I want to laugh too? Don't you want, or do you just want the cool people to laugh? Yeah, or do yeah. You like get it. I mean, I think that I think that you can look at it a couple different ways, and I, I think like Stanhope's carved out his thing, and like Stanhope's like this is what I want to say, and I yeah. only want people who know and are interested in what I want to <laughs> say coming. And I yeah, also and I like and I like and like I like uh, I'm going to this this thing tonight, and my, and uh, and uh, I got a. Uh, I mean, I guess I can't. I can't really talk about it unless I'm talking about it. So never mind. <laughs> but like, I, I was. I mean, I'm. I was trying to say to my wife, like my wife loves Doug. 
loves Doug. Yeah. Loves Doug. But I don't, she's never seen his stand-up. Yeah. And I was like, hey, just so you know, his stand-up is, like, intense. Yeah, Like, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not for the casual comedy fan who, like, who, like, like I'll go, it's, 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 it's for a, a certain palate. I love it. Right. I love it. But I go, in my head, I'm like, I don't know if, like, I don't know if you're going to love it, Leanne. And she yeah. was like, I love Doug. And I was like, loving Doug and loving Doug stands up are two different things. Yeah, yeah. Like, loving me and loving my stand up are the same thing. If you love Bert, you're going to love his stand up. Right. Usually, like, you can love Doug. He's a very diverse, int- in- intrigued, interested person. But, like, he'll take chances that I would not. He'll share honesties that I, that I go, fuck. Yeah. Like, how the fuck do you go there? How do you, how do, you do that? Yeah, I mean, and I so I mean, I go back and forth with this. When when I did my first whack at doing a themed thing was my Netflix special, and I ended up not being happy with it. It's called Mating Season. There's stuff of it that I like, but I think that I was trying to be too inclusive. I think I was trying to get everybody, make it as accessible as possible, and so people that watch a lot of comedy. Which is the people that I want. I want comedy fans to yeah. come to my show. I think I think probably thought some of the jokes were probably a little lame or a little easy or whatever. And and I'm doing the polar opposite with my psychedelic show, which started as just this one-off show that I do at the end of the weekend, completely different than my <coughs> regular act that would make ba- the Bachelor and Bachelorette parties and whatever laugh. Um, but it's just I'm just getting the psychedelic community like, hey, everybody that's interested in this, let's all get together, and this will be like this secret little fucking meeting that we have. Yeah. And so I think there's value in being able to do both. And you're right about that. Like, I guess I guess my perspective is, I guess I'm I'm wrong about what I'm saying because I'm not <laughs> entirely I'm not entirely inclusive because I just say what I want to say. Yeah. And I, I'm like, yeah, fuck it. If you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. But in the same token, like, I don't know. And I think if you're, like, into NASCAR and you're a comedian, write a fucking show about Dude. NASCAR and do it. And not everyone's going to want that. But <laughs> oh, I, the people I, that are I interested want... in it, you know, fucking are are, are going to fucking love it. And, and you're going to be including people that might be, like, otherwise left out of – you're or not getting to hear about what they're interested in. I mean, this is part of the things with, like, what makes podcasts so great is there's something for everybody. There's, like, board game podcasts if you're into board gaming. Yeah. You know, there's a million different things. And but, like, so, but, like, I, but, like, I – when I first saw um, – I'd say the first alternative comic I ever saw um, where I was like – where I was like, that's different. Um, I don't know. I guess that – I don't know. that I don't really have an answer to that because – but like – I mean – Like I love Janine Garofalo. Yeah. I love her. She, she can never do wrong in my opinion. Like I fucking love Janine Garofalo. Even when she goes off the rails and gets super political, I still go, I, I, I just want to watch you talk. I, I just think she is fucking amazing. And, but, um, I, so I'm, I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm probably wrong. I mean, there's just different ways of looking at it. Cause I like, I like, like, uh, like, um, I just become a, f- a fan, not a, f- I wouldn't say a fan. Uh, I don't mean that like a slam, but like, uh, um, Rhea Butcher and Carmen Esposito are doing a show called Take My Wife. Yeah. And I think it's really cool. Yeah. I, I think it's really it. cool. I, I like those girls a lot. I, I, and I think I'm doing their Put Your Hands Together show tomorrow night. I love their um, I love their show. And, and it's not 
It's definitely not. I. The thing is, it's meant for me. It's totally meant for me. It's not not meant for me, but it's meant for me. Like right. they just tell their story. They just tell their story. Right. They say their thing, and then like the guy who does uh, this is all about NASCAR. Hey, if you do it good, I, I'm going to be interested. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. need to be about fucking football and MMA and and beer drinking for me. Right. It doesn't need to be about travel for me. It just needs to be good. And if it's good, I'll fucking watch it. Right. And I and I watched their thing, and I was like, wow, this is fucking really great. You know, I was I wanted to ask you how how is your uh, call into work um, show sick to work calling sick to work? I got one Friday in Tampa. How 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 does that uh, does it work pretty well when you do it? Yeah. He's, he's, I think you said last time like you pack it out every. Yeah, time. It hasn't it's, hasn't not sold out, but I'm always waiting until the time it doesn't. Yeah, it's like so. I guess that tour was a novelty. Well, because I was just I was thinking about you the other day because like the show's been going so well, and I'm like, well, what am I gonna do after this? And I've been I was at a psychedelic um, organization that puts together like shows sometimes and lectures and stuff, and I was their first comedy show that they did. And after my regular, I do an hour and a half of comedy about psychedelics and storytelling, and yeah. you know, and it's a little bit TED talky too, but it's comedy. And but then afterwards. Uh, I took a break and I did. I just gave like uh, a talk about my DMT experiences, like serious talk about like what I think's happening and some neuroscience ideas and stuff that I have. And I was thinking eventually with this, I could I could do like on a Saturday, do like a whole day long thing where I do my comedy show and we take a break, you know, and I come back and and no one has to be there for the whole thing if they don't want to. And then and then I do a lecture. Yeah. Uh, a- afterwards like an interesting talk about it and then and then we all get together and do like a meet and greet and we all like share our experiences because that's starting to happen after my shows anyway like people want to share their experiences and ask yeah. questions and stuff and i was just wondering because it seems like that's what you're putting together is like more of like this party kind of it's, gathering more, it's, it's much more of an event yeah it has nothing to, i mean I, I i somewhat think i could probably not do stand-up and it would still sell. Yeah, like yeah. I, like I I actually feel sometimes that people watch me do and they go, oh, he's just doing stand up. Like yeah. I want to see him light himself on fire. It right. would be much better for Stevo. Yeah, Stevo yeah. would be a call and say if Stevo still drank. So are you like hanging out with people afterwards and uh, stuff like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's kind of, that's what I kind of want to get into doing. Then how how do your how do your shows go? Are those your keychains? Yeah, yeah. I was my daughter I, made those. No, I, I brought I brought you a keychain. I brought a variety of colors is, for is you that, to pick. Is that so this DMT? is yeah, this is the DMT molecule, and that says "Have a good trip." And then I had oh, that's fucking awesome. And then the, this is fucking the most genius thing I thought of. I thought and my daughters made those, and I was like, my daughter's fucking. That's the universe speaking. This is uh, this is a, a coloring book slash trip journal. Um, that is, it's all based on my act. So every, every page has a different thing from my act. Uh, this, this comedian and amazing artist, Ramin Nazer, who has his own comic book stand at Meltdown Comics and stuff. Like he's an amazing, he makes these great comic books. He's a really funny stand up too. You should have him on your show. You two would fucking get along great. He's, uh, he's awesome. So he made that for me. Um, so I have, it's just, I have some, some fucking cool merch for the first time and, and my, 
my career yeah um and and so there there's like like one of the pages the christmas one is is kind of about this uh i think it's anamita mescala this mushroom someone told me about it after a show i didn't know what it was they're like there's this mushroom you eat it it does nothing to you at all but then if you collect your urine and drink it you'll trip your balls off and then i looked into it and um and there's this whole backstory they think it's the origins of 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 uh christmas because it's this red and yellow or this red and white mushroom and it grows under conifer trees christmas trees and the people that grew them were reindeer herders and to test the mushrooms to see if they were good apparently they would feed them to the reindeer and if they were good and they were working they would the reindeer would start jumping up real really? high so like flying reindeer oh yeah and and so that's the page is like a christmas themed with like mushrooms and stuff like Ramir that Ramir so, Nazir R- Ramin Nazir yeah his his name's uh right there you should check out some of it he does he he's like one of these guys he's like not human he 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 does web design for he used to do web design for a living he still does a little bit like he does my site and stuff but he's a funny stand up he's been on late night and stuff and he like won Austin's funniest but he also makes comic books he makes these animations where he plays he has a room full of instruments plays every instrument and he like makes all the music for his animations and shit he makes video games for phones he's working on like virtual reality he's just one of these guys that just like shoots out creativity constantly out of his body he's a really and, good artist and uh yeah yeah he's fucking oh he's got beautiful yeah, check out like the Before You Die comic book. You should or or when what you happens die, after or, you die. Yeah, and it's just every every different variation of like every theory of what happens illustrated and uh it's it's he's he's amazing. I'm That's so, really fucking cool. Yeah, I'm I'm so lucky to be friends with him. Um but yeah, and he's hilarious. His brain just like thinks in these weird metaphors and stuff. He's hyper intelligent. Oh, really I love super creative. Dude. You're fucking hyper intelligent. Like, if he's more than you, I don't know if I can take it. Like you fucking, you say things where I'm like, how do you remember the name of that? Like the fucking whatever thing is secreted into the zebra's brain when they start to get attacked. Yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, I you could just make it up, and I wouldn't fucking know. Yeah, it, it, cortisol is a big player in the stress. It's neuroscience is one of the hardest things, just because it's so jargony and there's yeah. so many things like that. And it's just you sit down and you fucking read, and it's like it's pure torture sometimes reading this. I, stuff. I couldn't. And I have a hard really time reading in the first place. Let alone what about audiobooks? What? Uh, you know what? I'm I, my brain doesn't work that way. Like I, I, I don't know. Like I'm not like if I'm interested in something, I'll be interested in it. Mm-hmm. But like for the most part, I have like a um, like a flight of fancy brain. Like I have a daydreaming brain. So oh, like, so do I. So like I, all I do is daydream. All I do, I daydream, I daydream about shit that is a complete waste of time but it's the way my brain works like i'm the kid that went to the uh went to the baseball game and was like in the shower getting like getting, knowing to get ready to go to the baseball game and i was like oh they're gonna call me out there and ask me to pitch yeah and then, yeah, I, and yeah. then i'd run through the scenario right and so like i i, I think that's a lot of comics i was like that my whole whole life yeah like i don't, I don't like i don't I'm very. I think I'm super introspective, but I don't really like. And I like watching TV. I like watching documentaries. I like listening to like informative podcasts. But even still, like when I listen to Dan Carlin and I listen to uh, Hardcore History, I daydream. Yeah. And so, like, 
I, and I, even when I read, I used to have a joke about it where I was like, I, I read the book uh, Memoirs of a Geisha. Mm-hmm. I tried to read it, and I, the first page was, she was born on the windy cliffs of, of Okinawa. And my brain goes, I wonder if she knows Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, she's got to know Mr. Miyagi. It's, this is World War II. They're both kids. He's in Okinawa. Oh, my God, is this his wife? And then I would get to the third page, and then I was raped. I was like, what? Yeah, Where the fuck yeah. was I? Like, I daydream when I read. That's, But that's part of, I mean, this is the curse of creativity. This is just, uh, you, you're reading something, and the way that you process things is you find areas to put it into in that sparks other ideas this is part of memory and you you probably actually you're probably like a slow reader but i bet you're very slow but i bet your retention level because this is me too i bet your retention levels way higher than a lot of people my retention level is zero well never mind i've given up on you i am so (laughs) fucking bad at reading yeah that like i and i think i'm uh we're almost certain i'm dyslexic but you know there's like uh, from our perspective with a dyslexic child there's no real test they can do like there's tests, but they're really expensive. And then at a certain point, you're like, "Why do the fucking test?" She's already not like you know. Yeah. But I, my retention is just. I got I got something you might enjoy. RSA Animate. You should check it out. It's like it's kind of like a TED Talk, yeah. but cut up and then animated on like those dry erase boards in like oh. a fun and funny way. And it's just like ten, fifteen minutes or whatever, and they're incredibly entertaining. And you can learn a lot in a little bit of time. And, um, and RSA anime, yeah, animate, animate. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna type yeah. it in right now. Um, yeah, I think you'll love them, man. Um, they're they're really interesting. There, there's a couple Dan Ariely ones that are really fantastic. Um, he's he's like one of my heroes. He's 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 my probably my favorite guest that I've gotten on on my podcast so far and he's interesting dude he he started he got into um psychology because i think he was a chemist early on in college and he was in a chemical fire and almost died and had third degree burns all over his body was in a hospital bed for like a year or something like that they were having to change his bandages you can still see his face is all fucked up from it really and so he started he started measuring pain and um, because Fuck. what got him into it was the nurses were, were changing his bandages and they just rip him off. The old like wives tale about rip it off like a bandaid. Just get it over with. And he's like, no, it's too much. Slow it down. They're like RSA animate is pretty fucking fat. Economics is for everyone. Yeah. How to help a child fulfill their dreams. Imagining like so they, these are all. Oh, this is fucking great! It's, it's like it takes like a TED Talk thing, and then they and then they do this dry erase board animation, and um, you'll you'll fucking love it. Um, I uh, it's break time for the construction. Yeah, guys. we should probably wrap this up. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, this was fucking great, man. We're at, yeah, about two hours. Oh, sweet! That, that flew right no, by, man. Flew, dude. I wow. every time I hang out and talk to you, it just seems dude, like it's fucking. We gotta fucking grab some beers or something. I know. Uh, well, I'm and, fucking and get a real hang in. I might be around tomorrow. You, what are you doing tomorrow? You doing Ria and what's Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not busy after that. I, I I'm mostly doing podcasts until from now until October. I'm not doing that many shows at night because yeah. I'm slammed with you know trying to promote the 65 city tour. I'm, yeah. 
I'm, I'm getting on. And by the way, thank you. Cause a lot of the reason why some of this stuff came together is because of like you and like, I, I got on, I, I I'm going to do Rogan's podcast for the first time when? and like a big, a big part. And like, I've never met him. It's just like, Oh, guys, you guys are going to like so you and Duncan well. Trussell helping me you out. You guys are going to get along so fucking I, well. And, uh, so I, I really appreciate it, but I, yeah, let, let's, let's look at the calendar afterwards and figure out a time to just have some fucking beers and chill out a little bit. My beer um, drinking starts at three today. Um, perfect. It started at 10 yesterday. <laughs> um, so can I plug my bullshit? Real yeah, yeah, quick? yeah. Plug your stuff. So I, I just have a 65 city tour. So if you're in the U S I'm going to be somewhere near you. I'm going everywhere. And so if you go to shanemoss.com, you can see it's a good trip tour. Um, and, and you, I think the average is is like five dollars that you save getting tickets online, and that really helps me out because then I know how much more I have to spend for marketing and stuff to fill the room. So if you get tickets ahead of time, you'll save money, and that helps me out. And I also have, and you can look at my store. I have the stuff that I gave Bert, but that's that's not a big deal. I don't give a shit if you buy my merch or whatever. Please check out my live <laughs> show. Um, and and then my podcast is here. We are each week. I talk with a new scientist about life and why we behave the way we do. And and I try to, you know, I, I didn't have a college background or anything, so I try to I have like a very plain spoken approach to it. And um, and so so yeah, please check out that stuff for me. But especially my tour, this is the biggest thing I've put together. It's the best show that I've ever put together. There's like lines of people afterwards that, like I said, want to tell me their stories, ask me questions. It kind of turns into a party afterwards that's and a Q and A. It's it's really going well. It's like the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I didn't I didn't even start putting the show together until my agent heard me on like podcasts like yours and like what's this DMT stuff? And I was like, yeah. well, just so you know, I do have all this material. I was going to do a show like five years down the line or whatever. She's like, no, let's do it now. Let's put together some indie gigs, and they went really that's well. Fucking and great. It's changed my life, man. That's fucking awesome. So, well, yeah, I'm glad it's all I'm because of people like you. Oh well, I, I appreciate it. It has nothing to do with me. It has all to do with you. Trust me, I'm trying to do a tour of just stand-up, and I'm having a hard time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to just sell regular old stand-up, you know? It's, hey, come out and have laughs. You gotta, Yeah, you got to be like, you know, Ari does a certain thing where he just does all new material. So if you see him, it's stuff you've never seen. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Stand-up's going through a good phase. I'm really glad that I chose this art form because I love it so fucking much. Yeah. Um and I'm gl- and it, I love it. I love podcasting cuz I get to hang out with dudes like you. I can't wait till you're on Rogan. I can't fucking wait till you're on Rogan. It's going to be awesome, it's gonna man. Be fucking I'm so amazing. excited. I'm doing WTF too and Fuck like, yes. it's, it's finally it's coming together, man. This is an exciting time in my Fuck. career. Man, well, so yeah. Congratulations and I'm glad to be on this trip with you. Ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, awesome. I'm going to post this uh, Wednesday. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, thank, thank you, you so too, much. Jane. Oh. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.